So good to have everybody here today. You guys doing well? Kind of the first day uh, or first week of the school year. All the parents inside of here, how you feeling? Feeling good? Kids are in school. All the college students, any college students back in school yet? You started your courses yet? Y'all still got like two or three more weeks, right? Before you start. Remy, when do they, they go back? Two or three weeks? Month, this tomorrow. Okay, for, for staff. Okay, staff. Okay. Cool. And then the kids go back when? Oh, everybody goes back. Okay. Okay, all students go back. Thank you, Remy. Appreciate that. Should have asked that before service. Man, we're getting back in the rhythm. It's good. Anybody new today? Never been to Pearl Street before? Zeke, you're not new. Good to have you guys today. What's up? Welcome to church. Good to have everybody. Everybody's looking good. That's good. I'm refreshed. I was in California all week long, so I'm like, yeah, let's go. I'm on that California vibe, just like, what's up? All good. Amen. Every time I'm there, I'm like, God, why didn't you call me to California? Especially when you get back and you hit the heat, you're like, good Lord. I just love the weather. I love the, uh, I love the weather. That's about, that's about it. <laughs> I love God's creation there. I'll say it that way. Everybody's awesome. Um, no, but man, uh, I don't like the, the financial situation there. My gosh, that's crazy. Um, but man, it is, it's, a, it's a good life. I had a good week and ready to be back in the house. We are in a series after two weeks of Chosen. Just want to say thank you to the 156 families or individuals that say yes to sponsor some kids. I get if you are a part of our church and you decided not to, I get it. Uh, you are doing something somewhere else. I understand that. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus and or in this house. But for those that stepped in to carry out this, uh, the vision of our church to do something globally, and especially with this on sponsoring some kids that are in need in Tanzania, uh, Africa, which is just absolutely awesome. Um, you know, just thank you guys for that. It's cool. It'll be just cool to see how God develops it. You know, as a young man, I always wanted things to work in a microwave, right? Just the other day, um, um, through the pandemic, I think it was, it's like all these cooking stuff was out. And for whatever reason, Heather, for uh, like our daughter's birthday, we had to grab the, the, the coffee mug cakes. You ever seen those? You just put them in a coffee mug and you put them in the microwave and boom, there's a cake. And it was actually really good. I tried it. I was like, good Lord. It's crazy they can just do this in a microwave. But oftentimes as a young man, I wanted things to work in a microwave. I wanted just to put it in and then all of a sudden it was a reality. Now here's the deal. Three years ago, the vision of Tanzania hit my heart. Here we are living in the fulfillment of that 156 kids sponsored. What's going to happen in another three years? Who knows? We may be on the mission field in Tanzania, loving on these kids, hands around them, just now starting an orphanage or whatever it may be. But it always starts in the small things and it moves towards these big things that God, God does. And so today we're going to jump into a conversation around in that realm, right? Faithful with the little. Um, we're in a Wise Up series. The whole concept of Wise Up is that there's a generation of believers would be unswayed by culture and society that would rise up in the wisdom of God, understand what his word says, gain knowledge in whatever field or sphere that we are in, whatever career we're called to, gain, gain, gain as much knowledge as possible in every single field possible to them as much as your capacity as you can, and then get some understanding through your biblical, hopefully biblical Christian worldview on how it all comes together. And when you do that, there's fruit inside of that that would be termed uh, wisdom in God's eyes, not necessarily man's eyes, 
Man's looking through natural, physical things. God looks uh, through a different lens and a different perspective at the heart. And when we operate according to God's heart and his calling for our lives, we can do biblical things, make a biblical impact, and see a world change because of our submission to uh, God's plan. So hopefully if we do that, if we're a generation that rises up untethered or uh, un, uh, uh, uncompromised by culture, we can be a remnant of individuals that live through this season of chaos in our world. We come out on the other side better for it and uh, continue to build the church no matter what, right? And what's the whole uh, prophetic word over our year? Y'all remember what the prophetic word over our year was that I talked about in February? One, two, three. Remnant, you heard me say just a minute ago. Good job, everybody. I reminded everybody. So great job. Y'all were paying attention. That's what's up. So we want to rise, uh, wise up so that we can rise up. Cool. Now today, I'm going to jump into stewardship. Stewardship. Anybody ever been in that place in your life where you lack the ability to be responsible with what has been given to you? You ever been there before? You fumbled the ball. It was in your court, in your in your hands, and you fumbled the ball. You lacked responsibility. Come on, some of the first places we lack responsibility is inside of the home. You've been given a room. Come on, if you walked into my room in high school, you would have either been suffocated by the clothes in my room and or the smell of those clothes, one or the other. My first car I ever got from my parents, there was a lot of lack of responsibility over that car. I don't know that I ever washed it at all. But uh, one thing I knew, it was just point A to point B, and I didn't necessarily care about the engine, the maintenance, none of that stuff. I just wanted to get to where I was going, right? A lack of responsibility. You know, the crazy story is uh, that I heard way back in the day um, is Paris Hilton was driving a Bugatti. She was driving a Bugatti, and after six months of driving this Bugatti, all of a sudden the Bugatti just, hundred of $1,000 worth of car, all of a sudden it just died out. Why? Because she didn't do an oil change on it, and the engine just went blank. If you lack responsibility, it doesn't matter the value of what you have. It's not going to do what you need it to do. Responsibility is key inside of our lives. Now, I'm a guy that likes to return things better than I got them. I borrowed Brittany's car one time. Uh, she's our service coordinator, and I brought it back to her. Um, I think, I think uh, yeah, I brought it back to her. I washed it. I cleaned it, and I brought it back to her. I just wanted to blow her mind. <clears throat> Because I wanted to give something back. I borrowed it. I wanted to give something back better than when I got it. Now, here's the deal. I haven't always done that. Through the pandemic, I was borrowing my brother's ladder because I had some work to do in the backyard. I had to get some stuff stained on a deck that I was doing because we were getting ready to sell the house. And we shouldn't have sold the house, but we did sell the house because it's worth 50000 more now than it was then. But all good hindsight's twenty twenty. I ain't mad, okay? It's <laughs> hearing from the Lord. So I was out there on a Sunday through the pandemic. We were doing online services. And I remember being on top of this ladder painting and staining this part of the deck. And um, I was sitting there thinking, because I've always grown up in a, in a pastor's house. I, we've never had Sundays before. I mean, we were always in church. And so uh, keep the Sabbath day holy. I'm running that through my head. I'm like, it's Sunday right here. And I'm outside working, right? I'm, I'm working. So I'm thinking like, God, am I, am I keeping the Sabbath day holy? What am I doing here? And I remember just sitting there thinking like, uh, should I be doing this? Should I not? Should I just be resting? Did I have a Sabbath on a different day? Like, was it yesterday that I sat? I was, I was thinking this. So I got off the ladder. Right when I got off the ladder, just 
All of that stain just went straight over my head and all the way down my body. I was covered. I couldn't open my eyes. I was on the deck and I'm like, Heather! I'm like walking around blind, like, Heather! And when I tried to open my eyes, whatever's in the stain was getting in my eyes and it was burning my eyes. And I'm like, oh! I think God gave me my answer pretty quick. So here's the deal. I, when I get something, when we get something, I, I like to be a good steward of it. I gave that ladder back to my brother, and it was not in the shape when he got it. There was stain all over it. He like just bought it. It was nice and new, but I gave it back, and it looked like he was a, he's, been, he's put it to work, right? So now he's got cred. He's got street cred whenever he shows up with that ladder because he's actually working on it. But I, showed, I gave it to him in a different condition than he gave him. I did not steward that thing well. And so here's the deal. We all have gifts and things that God has given us and things that he's blessed us with and opportunities he's placed in front of us. But the question is, are we stewarding those things well? What I believe is, is that the opportunities that God has given us and the talents that he's given us with the careers, if we're good at what that is, it's our greatest area of ministry. That's why it's so important. Because if we're operating in good stewardship over what God has blessed into our lives, there's incredible ministry that flows all in and around all of it. As we show up ready, as we show up uh, um, pushing forward with what God has placed in our hands, man, people are drawn to excellence. People are drawn to individuals that are successful. Take for a story, for instance, this past week, um, this is just a little, you know, me throwing it out there. What's up? Um, but this past week in California, I was hanging out with 40 influential pastors throughout the country. I mean, the cool thing is, is that our, the country... Uh, the, the faith community, we, it's good. We good. Uh, I worry sometimes uh, about our culture, but man, there's a lot of faith-filled people in multiple different industries doing cool things. Um, but I was out there and there was this one NBA shooting coach that said, I'm not going to play with you guys. I don't go out and play with people that don't know how to play basketball. So I was playing basketball with these guys and I just, we, we killed them, destroyed them. From three point, I think I went like 15 for 18, like unbelievable. Just pop, 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 pop. I'm, I'm bragging a little bit. Okay. I'm bragging. Okay. <laughs> It's getting to a point. I haven't played in like six months or a year. I don't know. God was blessing me for some reason. Okay. I don't normally uh, kind of do. Okay. <laughs> but he said, they called that guy to come down, the NBA shooting coach, because he's like, I'm not going to play. Like, you need to come see this guy play. And literally me and him just went out there and just kicked it and shot the ball. And he was like, dude, you got a shot. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> now here's the cool thing. I didn't even know what that moment meant to me. But God started to bring it back to me all the years where I would, through therapy, it was my therapy, I would get on a basketball court and just begin to shoot because of the pain I walked through in sexual abuse when I grew up. It was an escape for me to be out there and just do something. And now this individual is talking to me. Here's the deal. They respected my ability that led me into a conversation of relationship. And here's the, on our journey inside of life, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus says, go into the world and make disciples. Some of us in here live under the burden of, oh, I can't speak, I can't talk, but what you can do is be a good steward. And as you are a good steward with what God has placed in your hands, there's opportunities all around you where people will respect you for what you can do that gives you the opportunity to share what you know. As we say around here a lot, people don't care how much you know until they know what you care. If they can look at your life in excellence, man, look at this individual, look at why they're doing what they're doing. Look at how good they are at what they do. There's a lot of respect that comes with, you can, you can build a spreadsheet, <laughs> right? You're a great person in the worst circumstances. Wow. You can lead people really well. Well, you are a great counselor. You're a great leader, right? There's respect 
that people give just naturally by what you can do that gives you opportunity. We're going to look at a story here today where an individual operated in faithfulness, operated uh, in, in stewardship, and left him in a place or gave him opportunity inside of his life to increase. Number one, or not number one, if you write this across the top of your papers, you can write this, steward what you have. Steward what you have. How many times do we find ourselves in our lives wishing we had something other than what is in our hands? You ever been there before on Instagram? We're like, why don't I have that? Why don't I have this? Why, why, am I, why do I have what I have? Why am I at where I am at? Why am I here? Like, why don't I have what everybody else has? It's very easy to overlook what God has placed right here inside of our hands. This story that we look into, Jesus is going to give some indication on how we should conduct ourselves. What, is our, what our perspective should be. Go with me for a second, and it's going to be a little bit of a long read, but I'm going to get through it. Matthew 25, verse number one says this, then the kingdom of heaven will be like. He's given an understanding of what the kingdom of heaven will be back. He tell, uh, will be like. He tells a whole story uh, on these brides and being ready for when he comes back. Then in verse number 14, he jumps into this story on three different individuals, three servants that have been given opportunity. Let Go with me for a second. Run with me for a second. Uh, and it says this, for it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them uh, his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to the another one, to each according to his ability. Let's be clear inside of here. He gave according to ability, not according to desire. We are humans and we desire a certain level of blessing, a certain level of opportunity. God gives according to ability. We can't be mad at our ability today. We got to be faithful with the ability. We have this ability now. Are we stewarding this ability well? And this is also a very common thing that would happen in the ancient world. A landowner, there's no, uh, a landowner, before he would go off, he would take his resources and give it to servants. In this construct right here, in this story, in the there and then of it, these individuals didn't have the ability, if they were a servant, everybody knew that they were a servant for so-and-so. It's not like they could take so-and-so's money and then go off and build their own kingdom. It's their opportunities flowed through the, the, the society. It flowed through the opportunities in society. So everybody knew, all the other landowners and those that were in economy there knew that this individual was only stewarding for this person. So landowners would very, here is a certain sum of money, go and reproduce this thing. It was a common practice in the ancient world that Jesus lived in. So Jesus is using something that is very clear and understandable. So this individual would tell them the story, would give five and give two and give one. He who had received the five talents went at once, key statement inside of there, went at once and traded with them. And he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, there wasn't any banks at this moment in time. So it was very common for individuals that had possessions to find a place on their property, dig a hole, put their possessions inside of it, right? To secure them, keep them safe, to keep, the, keep what is. So this is a story in the back end where Jesus is saying of an individual that dug a hole and put it inside. But the two other individuals went at once and they begin to trade with him. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful. Let me see here. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, what? 
good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he who also had two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two more, uh, two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Common theme is either good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Faithful with the little, given much. Enter into the joy of your master. There's joy that flows in faithfulness. Goes on to say, he also had received one talent, came forward saying, master, I knew to be a heart. I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And when I went and hid your talent in the ground here, you have what is yours. But the ma- but his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. Whoa. So strong language inside of there. Jesus is cussing right now. <laughs> you know, I just learned this last week. There is no explicit language in the Hebrew language. I just learned that this past week. Curse words were created in the 14th and 15th century in the English language. Isn't that crazy? I've always known that when Jesus was talking to these individuals, he would be basically saying very vulgar things in our terminology, but him, he's just speaking to the truth of what is. It wasn't deemed as vulgar or explicit. Isn't that interesting? What does Jesus say here? Wow, it's a hard little language here he's speaking. You wicked. What if you sold that to your friend? You're evil. You're slothful. You're lazy. They'd be like, what? But Jesus uses some strong language here. He said, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the banks, the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has uh, the 10 talents. What is he saying inside of here? Man, the one that's been faithful Give him more. Take from the one that was unfaithful and give the other person that has been more faithful. For, the two, for to everyone who has will more be given and he, who, uh, he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place where, we, uh, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. I know it was a long scripture. Thanks for staying with me. But this is giving context and understanding of God's heart towards what God has placed inside of our hands. Jesus wants us to be very clear. Everybody has talent. Everybody has a responsibility. The first thing you can grab out of this parable that is being clearly communicated is this. Success is hard. Success is hard hard work. It's not something that just comes overnight and it's easy that all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're successful. You wake up one day and you're seen as a person that is diligent. You wake up one day and all of a sudden you're just respected. Success is hard. Success is something that you have to work on every single day, that you got to wake up every single day and say, what have you placed in my hand, God, and what must I do with it? The first thing it says inside of here, as soon as the person got five and as soon as the person got two, they quickly moved in the direction of what? Working it. Working hard with what God had placed inside of their hand. Success is 
hard work. There is no easy way to be successful inside of life. If you want to be successful, in God's eyes, don't get me wrong, okay? There's some people out there who can sling some drugs, sell their body, and they're going to find some money. Don't get me wrong. But in God's eyes, when it comes to stewardship in the kingdom, the kingdom of God is like this. Talents that have been given to every single one of us. With that, if you want to be successful in God's eyes, it's going to take hard work. There's got to be diligence inside of our gift. Stewardship over what God has placed inside of our hands. That's the first thing you can see inside here. They went and they worked hard. They went to reproduce. They went knowing that the, the, at some point in time, that landowner is coming back and they wanted to have something to show for it. Success is hard work. The second thing you can find inside of this scripture or this parable is this. God has given us what we need to get his work done. God has given us exactly what we need in order to get his work done. You look inside of here, one talent is equal to 6,000 denarii. 6,000 denarii is pretty much a day's wage. A day's wage, 6,000, is pretty much 20 years of wages was given to these individuals at one time. So just for simple sake, we'll just say 20 years of wages for you, a million dollars. You make about 40, 50,000, uh, uh, 20 years of wages is gonna be roughly a million dollars. So God gives this individual one million dollars. Two, $2 million and five, $5 million and says, hey, go and reproduce. What you can clearly see, God has given us exactly what we need to be successful. Every single one of us has opportunity on the inside of us. Here's the deal. We can look through a perspective of what we don't have, or we can through a perspective of what we do have. If we look at what we have, God has blessed us abundantly. He's blessed us with the ability. If we're good faith and good and faithful with what he's placed inside of our hands, then he reproduces inside of our life. The first day that I walked into pastor and lead in, in my context, the opportunity that was given, do you remember how many students were sitting in the auditorium? Anybody that's heard me tell this story 30 times, how many? Four. Four. There you go. You guys knew that because you heard it in the first service. They got lucky. The 31st time you listen, four students, when I walked in as a youth pastor to speak and uh, it was not preaching, it was reading the scripture and playing games. That was awesome. It was the first time I had this opportunity. Four kids were sitting in that space. You can look at what we're doing today and say, wow, there's been some growth. There's been some development. It was stewardship. Everybody's always asked me, pastor, how big do you want the church to be? I don't care how big the church is. Are we being faithful with what God has placed inside of our hands? I mean, I want to be faithful with what's inside here. My mind's always thinking about how can we get better in the complexity of the world in which we live in? How can we get better today? How can we get better? How can we grow better? How can we grow uh, more into Jesus' light? And how do we get better? I know God has placed talent on the inside of us. He's given each one of us an opportunity. He's given us something specific for us to do. If we can just be faithful what's in our hands, man, he's given us everything we need to accomplish his purposes, to be successful. Sometimes we get caught in a perspective on what we don't have rather than appreciating what we do. Every single person here is blessed by God and that blessing is enough. This story would clearly say a million dollars has been given. If you look through that perspective on, hey man, I may not like where I am at. I may not like where I'm, what I'm doing inside of my life. Here's, here's our reality. Cool. You may want something else, but here's the question you should ask. Am I being faithful with what God has placed in my hand today? Am I being a good steward of what God has placed in my hand today? You know, oftentimes people say, well, I want this marriage, or I want that family, or I want that job, or I want that opportunity. The question they're not asking is, well, how am I being faithful today with what God has placed in my hands? 
Moses wanted to sit back and say, well, I'm stu- I stutter, God. I can't lead these people. And what did God say? What's in your hand? Stop telling me what you can't do. Show me what you do have. What do you have? What ability do you have? Sometimes we want a different family, but we can have a whole new family if we invested in the family. We can have a whole new marriage if we invest in our marriage. The world can completely change. Our lives can completely change. Our outcomes can completely change. The success completely change. Where we steward is where we can find success. But are we being faithful with it? Are we, are we, are we, are we looking at what is in our hands? Are we, are we looking at what the opportunities God has given us? Are we just saying, man, I wish it was something else? I just wish it was not this, because if I had that, then I would be a good steward. I'll just tell you today, it's not going to be in, if you're not a good steward today, you're not going to be a good steward then. It's the same thing with people that say, man, well, as soon as I'm making, you know, X amount of dollars, then I'll start tithing. I'm making $20,000 this year, and I'll start tithing when I'm making $40,000. What's the reality? You're not going to start tithing because your heart's jacked up. You don't have the right perspective that God blesses you. You don't have the right perspective that it's all his anyways, that you need to live and operate in faithfulness towards him. I'll talk about that actually in point number four. We're not going to get there. But here's the deal. I'm trying to just communicate. We can sit here today in euphoria and say we're going to do something at some point in time in the future and overlook what we can do today. Stewardship is, I know what is in my hands here today. I'm a manager. I'm working. I'm being faithful. You know, sometimes we, we're, man, if I, could, if I could just be the manager of this place, but you're showing up 15 minutes late to work every day? So you're not getting there 30 minutes early so that you're ready and prepared for everybody else that you're managing before they get there so that you can lead them and direct them. So you're thinking that whenever you have the opportunity, all of a sudden you're going to show up and be early and be on point. It's not going to happen. It's wishful thinking with removing the pain of responsibility. The key that I'm doing right now in my kid's life is I'm teaching them responsibility. At five years old, you got a room, it's your responsibility. That's your place. It's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to keep the lights on and the food on the table. Your responsibility is to take care of what is in your space and in your place. You can make your bed. You can clean up your shoes. If you go into Ellis's room to this day, five years old, all these shoes are in a line. You're like, man, you're so harsh on them. I'm not harsh on them. It's responsibility. Teaching responsibility. We have a generation that is irresponsible, thinking that they could just have the microwave mentality. I just pop it in and I get it out. I just heard a statistic this past week that I think it's 68% of millennials believe that they're going to be famous one day. So we're not going to have anybody raise their hands right now because I know you're like, you're like, it's not true. That's not going to happen. You're saying I can't just post the picture and then all of a sudden I'm going to get sponsored and then I'm gonna, they're going to start paying me from Instagram and then I just post one video on YouTube and that just, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread and then all of a sudden they're going to start paying me from the YouTube apps and all that. It's not going to happen. No, it's, it's actually not going to happen. I'm sorry if I bursted somebody's bubble today, but snap back to reality. What is the reality? We all have a responsibility. God has given each one of us a responsibility inside of our lives. To each has its own responsibility. So this is the third point right here. You can pull out of this, it's equal opportunity, not equal amounts. Whoa! It's equal opportunity, not equal amounts. We live in a world that's like, we just need to spread it out and it's equal for everybody. Everybody gets the same. Let's put everybody on the same playing field. Let's step into a socialistic society where we remove passion and desire and and let's just put everybody on the same playing field and say, you're gonna be this and you're gonna be that and be happy with it whether you like it or not. Let's remove all human ambition. Wising up is saying, no, Jesus through his words said, 
the poor will always be among us. What? You're telling me that there will always be poor people in the world? Yeah. I'm going to live and embrace that reality, but I'm going to work to change it. Here's the deal. We live in a society today that is removing um, common sense, removing logic out of the equation so that we all live in euphoria. Millennials, let me just tell you, get out of euphoria. Start looking, critically thinking, logically thinking on the reality of how life works. There are evil people in this world. Evil people destroy people. Evil people do destructive things. We live in a world today that all you gotta do is turn on the news and what do you see on the news today? What country? Afghanistan. Why are you seeing this on the news? Because there's a group of people that operating to a different value system that is taking over a place and their values according to their faith, they're extremists in a certain faith, extremists, and they're bringing destruction on people. We live in a fallen and broken world that will not be redeemed until Jesus Christ comes back. I pray that in this season of life, every political zealot in America just completely, their ideas crumble And what rises back out of that is a complete dependence on God, a complete commitment to his word, a complete commitment to live for him, a complete commitment to build his kingdom, because the reality is the kingdom on this earth is broken and it is falling. We want to build it according to godly principles, no matter what. Destruction is all around us. It is not equal, um, equal amounts, it's equal opportunity. And what is this? We have an equal opportunity to be good stewards with what God has placed in our hands. Every single one of these people that Jesus is talking about, these individuals, they had an opportunity to reproduce. Two of them said, I'm reproducing. I'm working hard. I'm investing my talents. I'm learning how to work. I'm being present and in the moment. And what happened is success came, blessing flowed in, but the one that sat back and made excuses Have you ever heard the excuse in our society today? Man, God is so mean. Like, how can a loving God allow pain in the world? How can a loving God allow destruction inside of the world? How can a loving God send people to hell? You heard that before. Now, these are all excuses of a prideful people that believe that they understand better than God. I know better than the creator of the universe that spoke it into existence, that provided a way for eternity. I provided the solution to the world's problem and you're gonna come at me? But this is the arrogance of man to believe I know better than God. How can a loving God do that? Well, a loving God didn't bring sin into the world. That was the snake, that was the serpent. A loving God doesn't choose to be rejected, a loving God has operated in grace. Humanity chooses to reject him. The responsibility is on the individual, not God. God loves us so much that he gave his son. But we live in a world today that wants to say, how can this happen? So here you find in a story, what is Jesus trying to illustrate? We knew that you were a harsh, harsh man. I knew you were a harsh man. So I just buried all my talents so that you would get back what you gave me. No, 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 no. God has blessed us to be a blessing. 
God has poured into our life and enriched us. Every single person inside of here has an opportunity. Some of us are frustrated where we're at. Well, why do I only have this? I don't know. Why do I only have this talent? I don't know. That's up to God to choose how he, he distributes that. If you're mad at your position, I just say be faithful because God will increase you. And your reality today will be completely different tomorrow. But if, you, if you're not stewarding what he's placed in your hand, well, you're going to be in the same place tomorrow as you are today. The same, I mean, let's just be individuals that pour it in. Steward well. Be faithful with what God has placed inside of our hands. Let's not be mad at somebody else's amount. Let's just be faithful with our opportunity. Amen? Number four. Number four, the last, uh, not the last thing. The second last thing is this. Work, well, we work for the Lord and not the other way around. We work for the Lord, not the other way around. Pride is me. It's all about me. It's what I'm doing. Here's the, here's the hard part about life. And this is just something if you're young, listen to me. If you're a little bit older, hear me. It's very easy whenever you are starting your journey of the talent that God has placed in your life and you are going out to build. You, you go to school, you apply to school, you're praying, God, please, let me get into this school. Please, God. You get out of school, apply to your first job. I want to get in. God, please let me get this job. Please, let me, please. Right? You start dating. Please, God, let this woman think that I'm in. Let this man be, think I'm in. What do you, when you're starting out in life, it's complete dependence, right? Everywhere you look, God, I need you. God, show up. God, move. And God is. God's doing it over and over and over again. Here's the easy thing when that's happening. Look what God has done. Now you get five, 10 years down the journey. Here's the hard thing. Here's a spiritual maturity that's got to rise up in the body of Christ. Success comes. God opens doors that no man can shut. Opportunities chasing you down because you're operating to the principles of God. You have the fruit of the Holy Spirit flowing in your life. You got two feet on the ground and every moment that you live, you are engaged and using the spirit, allowing the spirit to use you to minister to the world. Here's all of a sudden man looks and says, wow, you're amazing. I'm going to bless you in your life. You're working in this company. You've been a good steward with what, you have, what God has placed in your hands. They're not saying it that way, but you've been a good steward. We like you. You're a great personality. You're building the culture here. You're producing. You're developing. Man, you're bringing in income in our, in our, in our business. Man, you're bringing in sales. Man, we are succeeding because you are doing well. Here's you as the individual. You've got to be careful because we start off saying, look what the Lord has done. Amen. It's very easy to say that in the beginning. But it's very easy when we find success because the pride of man steps in and we say, look what I've done. You may not articulate that. That's what you're thinking when you're laying your head down and sleep. Man, look what I'm doing. Man, look, that person that's been blessed by me. Look at that person on my team. They wouldn't have that opportunity without me. And all of a sudden we get the God complex and pride rises up on the inside of us to say, look at how good we are. And we lose sight of how God, good God is. It's being a good steward with what God has placed in our hands. We are working for him. We are serving him. It is not the other way around. That's why whenever we get blessed inside of our lives, a constant reminder is to live out godly tithing, biblical tithing, 
and biblical generosity. Why? Because you can't serve both God and money. You will either love one and hate the other or serve one and hate the other. You'll, you're going to do one or the other. You're, I mean, you're going to love one and hate the other, man, or you're going to be or vice versa. You're going to be somewhere in there. You see it inside of our world today. Those that start, God, I love God, and then money comes. Oh, look what God has done. Then money comes. It's very, oh, I don't know about God anymore. I don't know. I don't know, you know, because I, I got this now. And what do we do? We start close fist and everything. Oh, look what I have. I ain't giving this to nobody. It's a constant reminder that God says, give. 10, 10%. I'll, just, I'll straight up say it now. When I first started the church, I was like, I'm not going to say that. The Bible says you're robbing God if you're not tithing 10% of your income. All the increase into your life, you're not tithing 10% to the church. You are robbing God. And if you're robbing God, you are robbing your life of the blessing that he wants to pour into your life. You think by holding, you're gaining, but by not releasing, you are losing. That is for sure. I've lived it from the age of 16 years old. I don't give a rip what you think about it. It is a biblical principle that will bring blessing into your life, but you got to release it out of your life in order to get God's blessing on your life. It doesn't matter how much you are making. If you don't have faithfulness in your life with 10,000, you will not have faithfulness with a million. It's an issue of your heart. Tithing is critical. We serve God. He does not, I mean, you know, it's not vice versa. We serve God. And if we see him as pouring into our lives, it's very easy to release out of our lives. That's why, if you didn't know this, Jewish people own a third of all of the world's wealth. The smallest, one of the smallest nations in the world holds a third of the world's wealth. Why? Because they operate according to biblical principles. First thing, you've got to start tithing. If you're not tithing today, start tithing. Well, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. Start tithing today. See God's blessing. I mean, he says in Malachi 3.10, uh, bring your 10% into the storehouse and see that the windows of heaven will not pour down on your life. What do I say? He's opening a can of blessing on your life. And I'll just tell you right now, we all want a can of something opened on us. We just want that blessing, right? We want the God's blessing opened up on our lives. The second thing is this, we should allow generosity to flow through us. If God is blessing us, we should be blessing others. Leviticus talks about don't, don't, you know, uh, don't harvest your field, all of the harvest, don't take it all. What was the indication by God to his people? Leave a fringe of the edges around so that people that are on their journey in life can pick off that grain as sustenance for themselves. It's a message of generosity. Leave excess, have boundaries in your life that you can bless others. Be generous. Be, have two feet on the ground. I'll say it this way. Have two feet on the ground everywhere you go. To be a good steward with the opportunities that God has placed in your hand, have two feet on the ground everywhere that you go. Your workplace, in your home, what does that mean? Be present everywhere that you are. How can I bless? How can I be generous? How can my words build up? How can my personality or how can my, my, my joy just change an environment? How can I be two feet on the ground, present and aware, being a good steward with what God has placed in my hands? Be a person, a change agent in the environments that you walk into. Last thing I'll leave you with is this. A day of reckoning is coming. You can find inside of this story, a day of reckoning is coming. It says when the landowner was gone for a little bit, he showed back up. Now, i just tell you today, these are some of the, depending on where you are at inside of life, 
You probably know this from your work performance. Either you love going into performance reviews or you dread going into performance reviews. You know this. Some people are like stoked about it. Like, I can't wait to go into my performance review because I'm going to get a raise. (laughs) Now, it doesn't always happen. But usually these are the individuals that are the most confident about their stewardship. Some are just arrogant, lost their dang mind. They're horrible employees and they're, you know, they're probably going to get fired, you know, whatever. But they're excited about going to the slaughter. It's all, ah, yeah. That's arrogance that hides all that stuff. You just, you don't know what's going on in real life. But a day of reckoning is coming and Jesus is very clear on that. That one day we're going to give an account, right? There's a day of reckoning that is coming. And have we been good stewards with what God has placed in our hands? Deter- you know, what determines our level of joy around that day is our confidence in our stewardship. It's like, look at the fruit of our lives. God, we've been so good. I've lived this thing. I- I've invested my life. I've been present in moments. I haven't always got it perfect, but man, my aim has been to steward what you placed in my hands well. I've been faithful. I mean, the, the statement that Jesus came back in this ter- parable with to the servants that did well, he said, good and faithful. Those are the two things that distinguish uh, the, the individuals that were being blessed more, that reproduced inside of life. They were good, operating according to the truth of God's word, and they were faithful to live in alignment with God's plan. Good and faithful. Now you're going to receive blessing. You're going to receive more in your life. So the, 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 the reckoning, the day of reckoning in our life, our level of joy in it is determined by our level of care through it. If you're worried today for the performance review in your workplace, it's more than likely because you don't think you've stewarded your job well. You don't think you've given it your best. You haven't shown up ready every single day. You fumbled the ball a lot. You haven't stewarded it well. Cool. That can change right now. That can change today. You can walk into your workplace tomorrow completely different. You just may have to set your alarm clock 30 minutes earlier to get there on time. That's probably the first thing for you. The second thing is, what is my responsibility? Cool. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I'm going to blow these people's minds. I'm going to take initiative. You know, initiative is key. I'm a leader. Lead the church. For those that serve inside of the church, you know what I love? Initiative. They don't come in with five problems. They come in with five solutions to the problem. I love initiative. Yeah, pastor, we already got that worked out. We're already thinking about X, Y, and Z. What do you think? What do you, give us your feedback. I'm like, sweet, bam, let's go with that. that. That is excellence. That's care. That's stewardship. It's, I care about this thing that we're all building together and I'm stewarding what my responsibility is so well that I'm relieving the burden from you onto myself that I am called to do in order that this thing can continue to flourish. Sometimes we sit there like, hey. Gotta be careful. Some of us are working at home right now. Gotta be careful. Post-COVID world is gonna look completely different than pre-COVID. Some people are just staying home. If you aren't disciplined and you're just staying home, what? 
it'll be very easy to be not focused. Creating bad behaviors and developing bad behaviors and not stewarding what God has placed in your hand well. Be very easy. If you're ready for that day of reckoning, man, get ready. Your joy, there could be so much joy if you're ready, but it starts today. Steward what is in your hands well, and it'll set you up for success. I can't wait to go to heaven. I got a lot to do. Don't get me wrong. Okay, I'm not praying, God, please take me from this place. There's a lot to be done, but I believe today that I, along with a lot of our church, is working hard to steward what God has placed in our hands well. We should be excited about what's to come. Day of reckoning, cool. I'm ready for it. Every idle word, you may have to exclude some of that, God, okay? But I was working hard. This isn't about works either. Don't get me twisted. This is not about works, working ourselves into heaven. It's a free gift of God. But as Paul said, you show me, I'll show you my works. You can see my faith and let me see your faith and show me your works. It's both of it. If we got faith, we move towards works. If we trust God and we love God, we're ready. We want to show him all that we've done. Amen. Let's pray. God, we love you, Lord. We thank you that each one of us has the same opportunity in this place to be good stewards. You've placed us in different realms and different spheres with different talents and different influence, God. And Lord, you've positioned us all throughout our city. Maybe for some of us, you positioned us out the world. Today, I pray in the simplicity of this parable and the simplicity of this message, God, over stewardship, that, Lord, we would be reminded of the immense responsibility that you've given us. And God, simply in a place of understanding here, the outcomes of our lives can change where we care over these areas, where we focus on these areas, where we pay attention to the details, God, where we hone in on our responsibility. You can change the outcomes of our lives. You can change the outcomes of our families, change the outcomes of our marriage, change the outcomes of our workplaces. Lord, you can pour into us in measures that we cannot contain. Father, you can use us to be a change agent in our world. God, you can bless us to be a blessing. You can bless us, God, to build the kingdom. God, through our stewardship, the world is at our fingertips. God, I pray for the individual today that you would consider a fool that is fumbling the ball, that is living in a lack of stewardship, that Father is not thinking about tomorrow and, and, and being intentional about what they're called to do, God, the, the individual that's existing. Maybe somebody that would be called foolish or slothful. God, I pray today that there would be an energy that invigorates them as they sit in these seats today, God. Father, that you would empower them. God, may you expand their mind. Give them the ability, God, to, to see bigger, think bigger. Father, see your heart, know your plan. Father, may you put an urgency on the inside of them, God. Father, just like salvation found many of the individuals in the New Testament and they moved, they moved immediately into sharing the gospel, immediately moving towards their places of business and workplaces, God, and sharing the truth. 
God, may that be the reality of our house here today, God. Wherever we exist, whatever field we're in, whatever workplace we have influence in, may we move from this place to share our hope in you. May we have stewardship over the gospel, stewardship over your message of eternal life. Father, we would work hard and we would see fruit in our lives. May we wise up and may we rise up. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody says, amen.